Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Monday, May 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, Jack Riggins on Drive Time Lincoln, and Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. Um... Let's just get right to it because we're not going to be able to avoid it, nor should we. And this may be the first time on Drive Time Lincoln that we've synced up with the greater KLIN on the poll of the week. Folks, you need to go to the poll of the week at KLIN.com backslash poll of the week, or it's on our homepage right there, KLIN.com. After recent events, how concerned are you about violent crime in Lincoln? Very concerned, somewhat concerned, not concerned at all. I will be very, very curious to see, A, how many people we get to respond to that poll. Hence, LNK today, Jack and Friends this morning are pushing it. I'm pushing it uh, because, as you know, uh, this has been a huge topic on my show over the last year. So go to the KLIN Poll of the Week and answer that. After recent events, how concerned are you about violent crime in Lincoln, Nebraska? Um Some disturbing events uh, throughout the weekend, really starting on Thursday and then all the way through the weekend. We'll talk more about that as the show goes on. Probably, uh, well, we're going to talk about some of the statistics. It's been a while since I've broke down some of the very public statistics on crime in our city. I really feel we have to go back because it's a difficult subject on election integrity, but just shore that up here and there and everywhere kind of as we go this week. Um, And at this point, I'm really, even though I'm going to continue to uh, urge everyone to see rigged uh, by David Bossie and Citizens United about Zuckerbucks, just so you understand how outside money did come into elections nationwide and here in Lancaster County, and what are the potential impacts that can have to an election, both national, state, and local. And then, of course, 2,000 Mules and Dinesh D'Souza's movie that's now in theaters. Really, you know, you, you walk this dog out about 20 years from now, and it ought to be a movie that's shown in school uh, so that people historically understand uh, what's going on or has gone on, you know, where fraudulent elections, if you will, or not fraudulent elections, but nefarious activities go on and, you know, and, and to what level? I think that every American realizes, certainly those that work around elections, that election security is a big deal and integrity of an election is a big deal. But there, as as long as there has been elections, there's always been shenanigans. It's just if the shenanigans, A, get too bad that they destroy outcomes, or they get so bad that the public loses trust in a country like ours, a constitutional republic, um, that it's a very concerning thing. So we'll talk about that. I found it interesting uh, over the weekend... That our great leader, the esteemed Joe Biden, had another gaffe. I I, I don't generally cover these because you hear about them on all the other media outlets where he says something and and it's becoming a 
pattern, and that's why I think I should comment on it, um, where he usually says something in a, some sort of a Q&A session, but oftentimes it's a Q&A session that's off the cuff. And, I mean, I think all of us have those type conversations with coworkers or family members. And certainly if you're the President of the United States, you're going to have reporters throwing you questions. Of course, you can choose not to answer them if you want. Probably not the best policy. Um, but this one involves a, <laughs> a security ar- arrangement. And so with his trip over to Asia, he was speaking at a news conference in Japan. And uh, when he was asked, are you willing to get involved military to defend Taiwan? If it comes to that, his answer was yes. And to be honest, you could hear the reporter. They were actually surprised by that answer. And and they said, you are? And he said, that's the commitment we made. The president responded. End quote. <laughs> well, it doesn't take very much to see why the reporter was like, you are? And, of course, the White House and the Pentagon and everybody's had to walk that back. And that's what I'm talking about. That's kind of become a pattern in the Joe Biden presidency when just asked kind of very simple, not on the script questions. He says something that's not well thought out. It's not close to necessarily our policy, or maybe it is our policy. And he knows, but not everybody else in the leadership chain of command in Washington, D.C. knows. And this just kind of goes back and forth. Um <laughs> And I, I think it's funny. Obviously, what they did is they walked it back and said, well, you know, we, we'd supply, you know, military hardware and military agreements. So in the end, the greater architecture of the United States of America, for those of you that might have been worried, has said, no, no, we didn't, ne- we didn't necessarily say, yes, we'd get military involved right away. We, di- we didn't say that. We did say it. Our president said it, but we didn't say that. Seriously. Yes, we will get military involved. You you are? Yes, that's the commitment we have made. No, no, but no, hang on. The Pentagon and the White House quickly have said, no, that's not what we meant. We meant, uh, you know, we, we'd help out. So uh, be that as it may, I'm thinking at this moment, the Pentagon and the White House staffers were actually more correct. Uh at least initially, right? You never know where the war machine's going to go. But anyway, thought that was interesting on the national circuit. Johnny, how was your weekend, my friend? It was great. It was very busy, but it was it was a good time. I have to be honest. I saw you on Facebook. Um, you didn't necessarily look a little smoked, but you were heading out to a wrestling event, and you know you took a selfie at at a, <laughs> at a stop, and I was a little worried for you. But then it said, "Hey, I'm heading out to wrestling," so I was like, "Johnny will be good." Yep. Yeah, all good. Well, I have to say, and I appreciate you for correcting me. So, uh, the MWA heavyweight champion is Van Johnson. It is Van Johnson. I am so sorry, Van Johnson, that last week on the show, getting excited here for Brian Blade coming on to talk about all of MWA, I actually misspoke. Uh, this has nothing to do with Johnny. You know Johnny would never let that happen. That was a total fupa by the host. And unfortunately, I rolled with it, screwed it up. But let's uh, 
let's make sure everyone understands. Van Johnson! Van Johnson, that's is right. The heavyweight champion. The heavyweight of the champion of the MWA. MWA. So on, on May 31st, we will have former heavyweight champion Brian Blade on the show with us. Wow, I you know what? That I'm I'm not gonna lie, that's a big mistake because if you work hard at any level to be a champion, a heavyweight champion, wrestling, boxing, uh MMA, I don't care. Um you you deserve the title and you deserve for people like me to not mess it up. Uh but Van Johnson, congrats on that and uh keep rolling, brother. Pretty interesting. Um Tomorrow, we've been talking about it, excited. The event is actually, they may be walking across the bridge right now. Carry the Load organization supporting military first responder families um, all across the nation. They do relays and uh, started in Texas by a couple of former uh, Navy SEALs. And one of our own, an Omaha native, uh, is doing the walk right now. Cody, I'll call him. Cody Banders, I think I can say that. <laughs> I, you know, with former team guys, it's always so weird because we started out, we were supposed to be all secretive, and 25 years later, we're like, now we're all out in the public. It's it's so weird. But Cody's doing a great thing. He's come back to Omaha. He's taken part in the relay. Um, they started uh, this afternoon, at least this part of the Midwest relay, over at the uh, fire station in Council Bluffs, going across the bridge, the John Kerry Bridge there, and downtown. And they'll make their way tomorrow to the uh, the uh, Memorial Cemetery. And then Cody's going to make his way to the studio. Uh, we had him on last week on the phone, but he'll be in studio tomorrow. And so we're going to talk, not a, you know, all about carry the load, but also first responders and veterans, you know, kind of leading up to Memorial Day. So excited about that um, because Cody's a fellow Nebraskan and because we served in the same unit, which is cool um, because it's a small unit. So therefore, you, you know, you have a small representative of Nebraskan. So we have kind of a nice little connection there. And I always enjoy seeing what former service members, especially that I know from service, you know, are doing now in life. And oftentimes a lot of them are uh, supporting the military in one way or another or first responders and, uh, you know, people that are out there, um, you know, putting it on the line and their families have abnormal family life, so to speak. So carry the load going on right now up in Omaha, the relay, uh, be continuing tomorrow morning to the cemetery, the Memorial Cemetery, and then uh, Cody will be on. And then I know I have to get this out because I know everybody's seriously wants to tune in. Thursday, Richard Schmeling will be on the show. The longest time listener I have, the for sure number one caller, and we have made a deal that if I gave him an hour on the show and we asked questions about rail, pro-rail Nebraska, uh, StarTran, any initiatives with, you know, buses, transfer stations, rail, that he he could still call in, but for three months he can't call in and mention anything about rail or StarTran. And he agreed to that. And so, Johnny, I know you're excited because we yeah. only right now know Richard by the phone. Yeah. And I did talk to some more experienced people in radio today, and they said to me, you're doing what? <laughs> I said I'm having one of my, my I'm having my number one caller come in studio, and they were looking at me cross-eyed. And then I said, "Well, but this is the deal. It's America. We negotiated. Richard's a, you know, he is a lawyer, 
and obviously he's pro rail. He's a veteran. So to be honest, no matter what you think of Richard or what you hear Richard and I do on air back and forth, we probably have a lot more in common than people think. And I'm actually really excited um, because, listen, he's passionate about what he's passionate about, you know, in rail, but he's passionate about issues in Lincoln and he gets engaged. And that is one of the things going back to why I wanted to take the show was to get people engaged specifically in safety and security. And we're going to talk about that here with the, uh, you know, the deaths we've had in our town and the three major incidents, you know, in essentially 72 hours, but also in politics, meaning to pay attention and to hold elected counsels, excuse me, elected officials accountable, but to get educated and go vote because that's where it makes a difference. And I, I hate to say it, but I've been seeing a lot lately, you know, where people say, you know, in the end, everybody gets the government they deserve. Uh, great quote, you know, somebody said, my communist professor at the university said, everybody gets the government they deserve. Well, there's something to be said with that when there's only one third of your people out there voting. Right, because if two thirds was voting, you might have a whole different representative government. If ninety percent was voting, you might have an entirely different government than what we've essentially settled for. Um, but um, let's talk a little bit about police stats, and then listen to our current. Maybe new. She's probably been on the job now a year. Maybe not quite. Uh, Police Chief Ewens. Um, but I, I want to ask you something. Okay, so I talk about stats all the time, and I've kind of gone away from it during the political primary season. But now they're coming back, and you know, after the shootings and bludgeonings this week, tragic events. Um, it's a good time to look at them. I look at them all the time. I mention them, but I want to ask you something. How many shootings do you think uh, we had last year? Okay, and shots fired. All right, 93. The year before that, 100. The year before that, 84. The year before that, 73, 78. Okay, so these are bad things. Do you know what's interesting? Do you know who came into office? And magically, there was a spike in shootings. That's right. Our Democratic mayor with extreme left liberal policies. Amazing. Amazing. Shootings have gone up. Fatalities have gone up. Right? The number of fatalities, one is too much, right? And so when you look at it, you go, well, seven last year, seven the year before that, six the year before that, three, and zero. Right? All of a sudden, you start to take small little data points and make connections on policies and atmospherics, as we like to say. And you're, you say to yourself, am I safer today? Are we doing policies, manning, training, equipping our police force to keep essentially a city of 300,000 safe? And I clearly have said for a year on the radio, no, we're not. No matter what anybody else says. Right? Because our officers, we don't have enough of them. We're way down on the national average. I haven't seen since the new police chief got in 
a plan which would include budgeting and manning to get healthy or to get the number of officers to have the deterrence out there so that criminals and people don't go on a trend line like we're seeing of increased shootings over the last two and a half years. And this weekend's incidents don't pull us off the line one bit, right? So it's going to put us right in line with the numbers that I just gave you, right? Now we got three homicides. It's crazy. And nobody wants to talk about or do anything about it. 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. Monday, May 23rd. I'm Jack Riggins, host of Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac is still producing the show. Uh, hey, make sure you go, because I think this KLIN poll of the week is a great one. After recent events, how concerned are you about violent crime in Lincoln? Very concerned, somewhat concerned, not concerned at all. Um, yeah, you can get that at our website, or right on our homepage, or KLIN.com backslash poll of the week, and it will come up. Yeah, take that. I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that's the first time that KLIN at large and this show have crossed streams on a poll of the week. And I know the LNK today crew is pushing as well. Um, and it's good timing to ask a question like that, given the three deaths, we're going to talk about that more here in the second segment. And, uh, as well as some of the crime stats that are out there posted by LPD, they do a great job of posting it. And again, I think when I get on kind of my, you know, noble steed cause, you know, for police, this for me this has nothing to do about the men and women that serve right it has to do with every one of them that i run into and everybody from the outside that's an expert in these things tells me we don't have enough police on the street then i can look at the data compare it to other similar sized cities or omaha or the national fbi recommendation and know that we're at 1.1 per um thousand when the fbi recommends two i mean does that make sense to you does it make sense to you that omaha has far more per thousand no i mean that starts to talk about deterrence and then job shifts so it doesn't surprise me when we shift around we're looking for efficiencies but we just don't have the manpower to do it and without the manpower we also don't have modernization money right to make it so that our police force is modernizing in the way to keep ahead of crime well, those are the problems we're in, Lincoln. 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. All right, we're back. Second segment here. Uh, we're going to talk uh, police stats and these latest shootings. Uh, if we get some time, we'll get to uh, following up on uh, CrowdStrike and election integrity, which started to take a day and a half last week, but it's so complicated that, you know, I don't think I'll ever really do it justice. And as we go into the summer, I'll make sure to get some experts on here. I, I know that I'm going to go to ES&S uh, and get a tour, which I think is great. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but, you know, the tale of the day really has, you know, we're on top of it with KLIN and our KLIN poll of the week, right? You know, after recent events, are you concerned about uh, crime in, in Lincoln? I think that answer is yes. 
Um, and so please go fill that out uh, at our homepage. Um, Johnny wants me to make sure that I remind you that whatever Wednesday is in effect this week, and even though we'll have Cody and carry the load on tomorrow, we will have time for a Twitter Tuesday. We'll give a Twitter award winner as I comb the Twitter archives tomorrow. You know, it's because of Twitter Tuesday that encourages me to use my Twitter account, which I use just about never. But when you, you gave the quote of the week last week, I said, man, I have to retweet this. This is great. Yeah, that was a good so, one. That was a good one. Um, all right, folks. Um, before I get into it, let me um, let me just start on police stats, okay? Um, right now, they're up to date on LPD's website to May 15th. Violent crime is one category. Um, so it's a rolling over the year, right? So this time last year, comparative. Rape, we're down 5%. That's not really making a dent. Robbery, we're down 2%. That's really not making a dent. Aggravated assault, zero. Not making a dent. Murder, this was as of May 15th, zero. Well, guess what? We just went up and murder. Big time, because in our city, there isn't a lot of murders. Um, but nonetheless, I would guess after this weekend, the next set of stats, that number is going to go way up. Okay, so for all intents and purposes, not my data, LPD's data, right? Lincoln Police Department, Crime Analysis, Intelligence Unit. These are the pros. Same data that the mayor gets, right? So... In those four categories, violent crime, how can you say you're doing a good job in combating crime? Seriously. How can anybody with a straight face say that? All right, let's go to property crime. Burglary, 2%. Auto theft is up 38%. Larceny for models up 45%. Larceny itself, 19%. Arson, 88%. Up. Up. Okay, so we've got like a toenail dent in rape and robbery. Everything else is the same or up. <laughs> Narcotics up 11%. Weapons offenses up 41%. Simple assault 9%. Fraud 22%. Vandalism 51%. Sex abuse 1%. No dent there. I. I mean, folks, why don't you play that clip? Play that clip, Johnny, from today, Police Chief Ewans. Our community is safe. We are absolutely safe. Our officers are out there 24-7 doing their job, getting people into custody, preventing crime from happening. I feel very confident in what we do. I would say to the public that you're in good hands. I would say to the public you're in good hands. You're right. I believe in you as a police chief. I believe in all the officers and first responders in this town. I absolutely do. You're all doing the best job you can. Police chief, you don't have enough people, and you know it. That's what's sad. You don't have enough officers on the street. We don't have a city attorney that will prosecute crime to create deterrence along with officers on the street. At the level of which, by any measurement of your training and experience, a town of 300,000 has. 
were woefully behind prior experts who have served in your field in this state know that testify to it talk about it lincoln safety foundations on my show all the time the union knows it your officers on the street feel it clearly there's some kind of problem you're dealing with with morale and sex allegations i mean you know that's that's morale issue. I mean, that affects everybody, and I hope those get resolved and stuff like that. You're losing officers to other departments that pay better. You're losing officers to Lincoln Fire and Rescue. You're bleeding, and you're not... I mean, I've been talking about this for a year. You're not just bleeding. You're starting to have a wound of which you can't come back from because I've seen your budget and your plan... And it's not to get us 100 officers in the next 365 days or even two years, which would still keep us short of the number required. So unless you have a plan that you haven't rolled out, you, the mayor, the city council, in funding, and I guess if you're going with an efficiency model, let me tell you. Here's your efficiency model, because you essentially, I guess, been doing it for the last year. Rape, down only 5%. Robbery, down 2%. That's your best stat. No dent. Essentially, that's the same. Aggravated assault, no change. Murder, that just went through the roof. (laughs) Auto theft, up 38%. Larceny from auto, 45%. Larceny, 19%. Arsons, up 88%. Weapons offenses up 41% year over at this time. I mean, play that again. Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln. I'm I'm giving you LPD's facts here. Play it again, Johnny. This is the, our community is safe. We are absolutely safe. Our officers are out there 24-7 doing their job, getting people into custody, preventing crime from happening. I feel very confident in what we do. I would say to the public that you're in good hands. Again, yes, we know we're in good hands. And we live amongst our officers and first responders and even you. But the decisions aren't being made at the headquarters and mayoral level and city council to help you prevent crime because you need more officers and you need a modernization funding so that you can move into policing in the 21st century and be ahead of crime instead of behind crime. I mean, it's your numbers. They're not mine. I'm just reporting on the statistics. And what we see. And so, folks, this is why I say go take our poll. We want to know. You know, when we get to whatever Wednesday, call in. Tell me, do you feel Lincoln's doing a great job, you know, with crime and crime prevention? Right? I mean, the best thing would be is that we are a hard target, as I always like to say. We're not a soft target for crime. Caller or caller on a break brought up a great point, which is and very difficult to find, at least quickly, which is of some of these violent criminals and different things over the last two or three years since the mayor came to office, the increase in shootings I was talking about earlier, again, simple stats from the police, how many of them are non-native Nebraskans or non-native Lincolnites? Again, love the fact that we're 
open city to immigration and things like that. But that brings up a good point, right? Which is if we have so much public housing and other places, say on the East Coast, are full and the government wants to do transfers and we're just accepting people left and right, how many of those people are maybe causing these rates to go through the roof? Right? And then, you know, that's a great question to know. I think the public would like to know because at the same time, we're building a welcoming and belonging plan to bring even more, yet our crime's going up. How many of these people, you know, have just come here? They're not even, they didn't grow up here. They're not from the surrounding areas. They just kind of, I don't know. I don't know that answer. I know another texter was very fired up. And I'm sorry, Texter, I I don't have an answer, but I think it's worth talking about, which is you were alluding to a story on KLIN and, and maybe another news network talking about in one of the three incidents here in Lincoln, it was reported that Hispanics were involved. And then another one, it wasn't involved, meaning they didn't give any races. So you were asking, you know, well, which is it? Do we report on race involved in stories or don't we? Um, that's a great question because I can't find it in print uh, as I've been looking here when I got your text. But to your point, no, we, we should be reporting on what the facts are in the case. You know, that we are given, right, from the police department, the mayor's office, whoever. We should report on the facts. So, yes, there's a problem if we, the news agency, are not reporting on those facts of race, gender, et cetera, et cetera. It's a key part of cases. At the same time, and I think this is what you mentioned in your text, our government should be reporting those facts as well. We shouldn't be shading violent crime facts um, for any political reason, you know, whether it be woke, BLM, or, you know, hey, I don't want to say, you know, because, you know, white supremacy, right? So there's your spectrum. Like, who was involved, you know, five W's, who, what, where, when, and why, okay? Um, so I don't know that that has happened. I don't believe KLIN participated in that, um, but you certainly caught something, and I hope that my explanation is, you know, we will report the facts as we get them, and I don't know where that disconnect is, but you're certainly right. I mean, if we report in one story or the city's going to tell us, you know, hey, Hispanics were involved here, or three white males were involved here. Um, you know, most of the stories should all um, follow that same pattern. Um, that makes sense to me, Texter, so appreciate that text. Oh, we've got a call. We've got time. We do. Uh, Charlie, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, welcome, Jack. How are you? Well, I'm good, Charlie. How are you? I'm I'm doing really well. Uh, I just had a couple thoughts on what you've been speaking about with uh, violent crime, the increase in crime, and uh, the police department as a whole and how it's being addressed. You know, I think uh, I come from a point of perspective where I was hired uh, on LPD in 1985, and uh, I retired in 2013, so it's been almost 10 years since I've been on. When I left, people were clamoring to get on the police department. They had hundreds of applicants for like eight to 12 positions. And I just spoke to several officers here recently that I know that are still on the force. And they tell me they are so short right. that they've got 
sergeants coming in on their off time to do patrol on the streets so they have enough slots filled. And they don't have people applying like they used to. And I think it's a lot to do with the diminished uh, uh, prestige of being a police officer. Instead of being hailed as uh, a member of society and protecting everybody, you're looked at as uh, some kind of, uh, uh, you know. Evil entity. Yeah, evil, doing evil things, you know. Uh, A part of, you know, everybody is the guy that, kneeled on George Floyd's neck, every one of them. Yeah, and then then we, you and I both know that's so rare, and it was blown up. And and I think you're right. I've heard the same thing, the last class of applicants and people that went through. I mean, thank God for those people volunteering, but it's far short of the numbers that it used to be, which leads anybody, yourself included, who served there, and thank you, by the way, to go, why are we not attractive anymore? Now, part of it you alluded to, which is societal. There is a downturn currently. But... Yeah, and... But it's also, that is something that headquarters has to address, right? There's ways to make the job attractive, whether it be pay, benefits, um, all kinds of, you know, ways that people that get paid a lot of money in headquarters positions figure out. Yeah, and uh, you're absolutely correct. And a lot of it is wages and benefits. But a lot of it is just having a job that you like to go to every day. Yeah. You like to get there. You like you're enjoying yourself. You're you're you know, you love to work at what your work is. Well, yeah, it's the morale of the force and the families. And maybe you could answer this for me, because this is always an interesting thing as a former military guy now living in the community is we're such a small community that we all talk. So I get really worried when I'm talking to officers and then I feel like there's a narrative maybe from city hall and, and there's always a little of that in politics and policing or politics in the military. But my point is we all talk to officers. We live amongst them. Oh yeah. And, and I have a specific uh, conduit to them uh, as I work with many of them that are still there. Sure. And, and it is, it's like, the job has changed. They tell me that. You know what? The job's changed. I didn't like when you were here, Charlie. Uh, you know, it's not much fun anymore. And we don't want that. We don't want that to turn into that because it's precipitated a situation where we don't have enough officers. And just like uh, the theft of all these catalytic converters. In the oh. old days, we'd have put together a, a group of people that were specifically tasked to address that, they'd be out in playing cars at night, right. driving around, watching for people. They aren't hard to pick out. And armed with intelligence, right. they could could make a big imprint on that. But they don't have the numbers right now to do it. No, and I talked last year. And, hey, Charlie, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Great insights. And thanks for your community you. to the service. Uh, to the yeah, community, you, you know what I mean. Yep. All right. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Good call. Yeah, I mean, he's talking about you put a task force together and you go stop that. The catalytic converters. I mean, that. who knows where we're at now? I don't know if we're still counting. I mean, last year, I just the computer started blowing up. It was, it was so through the roof, right? We couldn't even put a dent. It's not that we can't. We don't have the manning, folks. It's really a simple equation, you know, to, to slow this down. Um, real quick, if I got a roll, Craig on the text line. Um, good text. Um, No, my solution to violence is not to close our borders and get rid of social programs. Uh, Not at all. 
I made a question that a caller is asking how many people in some of our crimes and the spike in crime are not native Nebraskan, right? I don't know that answer yet, but it's a good question. If we've had an influx of out-of-staters, people from different regions of the United States, the question she's asking, I'm asking is, has that impacted it? Maybe it hasn't. I absolutely don't think that poor people are violent at all. I think violent people are violent. Um, And I certainly believe in bringing people into Lincoln, as we've shown that we're a very generous and good community. But there's a balance in doing it and growing your community along with the social fabric of our community and the crime. And that's what we try to figure out and help in this show. 1,499-3KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499-3KLIN. All right, finishing up the show today. Um, do you feel safe in Lincoln? It's really that simple. Go to the KLIN.com and take our poll of the week. Uh, it's in line with uh, the show today and probably many other things as these uh, three cases kind of work themselves out. Uh, after recent events, how concerned are you about violent crime in Lincoln? Yeah, I went through the stats uh, as of May 15th. Uh, we're not making a dent, um, you know, these first five months of this year. Um, shootings have increased uh, since the mayor took office, and those are just facts. Deaths by shooting have increased since the mayor took office. Those are the facts. Um, everybody that knows an officer, everybody that watches and understands policing knows we don't have enough officers on the street. I probably could be on the radio as long as KLI and wants me every day. And I could talk about that until it gets there. And if it gets there, um, we will see a deterrence on the streets just by that, that will help all of our crimes across violent crime down to everything that we have. Um, we will see an increase in the morale of our police officers. We will see an increase in retention of our officers And um, those are win-wins for our community. We will be able to then spend funds to modernize and equip our force to be ahead of crime. And as crime evolves, you know, police forces evolve. And frankly, maybe we'll get a city attorney one day and a mayor that will actually be hard on crime. And they won't stand with rioters um, (laughs) and say, yeah, it's okay that you break curfew and you riot. No, it's not okay. Um, you know, and that brings me to why we won't release uh, body cam footage of the riots from the police. That makes no sense. Public record. Let's see it. Let's see it. That would be what an honest, transparent government does. Fourteen hundred ninety-nine three KLI.